0: What's up my Beautifully Built fam? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Melissa Impact, and I am your host. I have such a great interview planned today and this is our guest Anastasia and Anastasia is joining us from Germany, which is so cool knowing that the Beautifully Built podcast is officially international. We've had a few different people from different countries on the show but it's just so exciting to see it really grow. So I wanna give a huge shout out to one of my girls in Boston. She is a listener and tunes in regularly and she reached out to me on Instagram sent me a message and said, Melissa, I love this lady right here. She is a vegan bodybuilder. I would love to hear more about her story. Would you invite her on the show? So I reached out and she was more than happy to come and join us. So wait until you guys hear all about her lifestyle and really how she is designing her dream life. Even though she is a PhD, she is still just so passionate about health and fitness and really chasing that dream. So I'm super excited to welcome her on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: I'm Anastasia Sinchenko and I'm at the moment I'm in Germany, but I'm actually a digital nomad, so I don't really have a place where I really live. So it's most (laughs)
0: digital nomad is the way to be these days. Germany, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us. That's so exciting.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So usually it's like depending on where I am, what I do. Sometimes I decide decide overnight. Oh, okay. I will. I want to go somewhere else, book a plane ticket, and then I'm there. So
0: that is incredible. That's goals right there. I'm sure a bunch of the listeners right now would love to just be able to pack up and get on a plane every day. So that's great. So how did you design this life for yourself? How did you really get into fitness? And tell us tell us more about your story. Yeah. So I.
1: It was kind of more or less an accident that I got into fitness. Ooh. It wasn't a initial plan. I was passionate about fitness and nutrition for my entire life. So, also when I was in school, I read lots of articles about fitness and nutrition, but I never saw it as uh, you know the thing I'm going to do for a living. Yeah. Uh, I I'm a scientist. I have a PhD in biochemistry from the wow. University of Cambridge. Wow. So my goal was uh, always to you know. When I was a teenager, it was like, I will become a scientist. I will go into medical sciences. I will develop some kind of super cool, fancy drug and save the world. Wow, you know, I was so
0: really ever, since, ever since you were a
1: child, you knew that you were going to be a scientist. Kind of yes. Yes. I, I wasn't exactly sure what I'm going to do. I was thinking yeah. of studying medicine, becoming a doctor and then yeah. do, you know, research this way. Wow. At the end I ended up studying chemistry for bachelor's, then chemistry for life sciences as master and then PhD in biochemistry. Oh my goodness, that is
0: incredible and totally just goes way over my head. I remember <laughs> struggling in chemistry class. <laughs>
1: I think you just didn't have good teachers. Yeah, chemistry that's how it. difficult. it's true. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's about, you know, how you get stuff explained. I've done yeah. lots and lots of teaching for my entire life. Yeah. Actually recently I was asked, you know, how did you decide to become a coach or when did you become a coach? And I was like, uh, you know, I thought about my story and then I was like, no, actually I was a coach for my entire life because yeah. I already in school, I helped my friends with math and chemistry then I was teaching at the university. I was I had lots of you know private yes, students. I taught chemistry. Been
0: a I love it. <laughs> and, and you were
1: really a teacher
0: for yourself. It sounds like because you were so interested in articles and researching, even though you know you didn't see fitness and nutrition as your future, it really was your passion. And you were
1: so willing to do the research on your own. It seems like. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like I think that's one of the. You know, greatest abilities I have as a scientist, or maybe all scientists have, is that, you know, even if you don't know something, you don't need to go to school for it. You just, you know, take research, literature, and learn it. Yeah, And also I'm sure sure you've invested a lot into your knowledge as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also curiosity. You know, you don't need to be a scientist. If you are curious about Mm. the topic, you can always learn. I think Mm. curiosity is, you know, one of the most important, uh, you know, a characteristic a person oh, can I have
0: yes especially these days right it's so easy we have so many resources right at our fingertips literally exactly. with our
1: phones and our computers yeah exactly it's just, yeah it's, it's it, taking that curiosity i love the way you put that yeah and of course you know if you read articles it's important to distinguish if it's a reputable source or not because yeah, there is sure. so much pseudoscience and you know things that are cited out of context on the internet yeah. Yep. so you you know oh, but over time if you do it and really work with original sources like research papers uh, then you will get kind of already you feeling if i read an article and then i think oh no it can't be it can't be right then i check the original research and it was like oh, okay the person interpreted it, in a, you know, maybe in a different way or yeah. maybe, in a, you, know, you know, didn't understand the, the research paper. So, yeah. Mm. So it's, but the encouraging thing is that you can always learn. You can always improve. And especially when it comes to knowledge, you, you know, you can learn every day. Yeah. That, that's the amazing thing. Yeah.
0: And I love learning from other people. That's, you know, that's why I'm yeah. so grateful that you came on the show because it's going to be really exciting to learn from you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. So you went through school, you got
1: your PhD and then what was next for you? Well, actually everything started uh, while I was doing my PhD mm. because it was very lab-based. I worked on many projects, um, let's say that were really challenging because nobody has done them ever before so i was the first person in the world who had to do wow. some you know weird things what and, a cool uh, feeling <laughs> The first person in the world—that is an incredible feeling. Wow, it's a cool feeling, but ninety-nine percent of your experiments don't work. Yeah, try on error. <laughs> and uh, I think I just also needed to let my frustration out. And I was active for my entire life. But mm-hmm. before, I have done uh, swimming, mountain biking, running—you uh, know—also like some martial arts, some uh, dancing, yeah. so all kinds of sports. And from um, a PhD, I went to England, to Cambridge, and the weather isn't the best there. <laughs> rainy, rainy, <Yeah>. rainy. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't really enjoy running outside so mm. much, especially in the evening at 10 PM when I got out of the lab. Mm. Uh, also, it is like a really flat place, so I couldn't go mountain biking. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I could go swimming, but in England, they put something weird into water and my skin reacts like in a oh. really, you know, bad way to it. And I feel really sick the next day. Mm-hmm. So it was like swimming wasn't, you know, too much of an option either. So I just joined the gym and I was like, oh, I will just, you know, run on a treadmill. It, it, it's fine. And uh, then I realized, oh, maybe I can, you know, get into a better shape. Because even yeah. though I've done endurance sports for my entire life, I never got the body I wanted. It was like more this skinny... You know kind of skinny looks maybe skinny fat look from time to time yeah when was, you know, oh yeah much. i i spend a lot of time telling people that you know if you're
0: just doing cardiovascular exercises you know you're not going to be building and and seeing those curves right it's yeah exactly that. yeah that, the skinny fat i love that you said that yes. yeah i totally hear that so did you kind of get into the world of bodybuilding? yes
1: yeah, so then, then i just you know started oh then actually i started also looking more into the bodybuilding world and started oh I would just add some exercise for my for my arms for my shoulders I want to have nicer arms and after one year of me going to the gym first it was like I don't know, one hour running five minutes weight training after one year it was like one hour weight training and maybe five minutes warming up for weight training and then actually the gym manager came to me and told me like you're what are you doing here you're kind of in a you know it's a normal commercial part of the gym And you're outlifting all the guys, you know, you don't belong here. Yay, that's like music to my ears. I love hearing (laughs) that. (laughs) And he told me, you know, there's like a weight from down there and there's where like, you know, really heavyweights are the real guys train and, and so on. I was like, okay, I will just check it out. So, so were, you, I,
0: were you in like, you were in like the ab section where like the little dumbbells are and he wanted you to go yeah, down where the weights yeah, were? Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. It were like little dumbbells, machines, and yeah. all kinds of so stuff. So how did like, you,
0: how'd you get that confidence? Because a lot of the women listening right now, that's what I hear from them all the time is that they want to get into the weight room, but there's something holding them back. They're nervous. They're shy.
1: How'd you get through that? I I totally know what you mean because actually the uh, weight room I went to was the most intimidating place probably Mm -hmm. in the entire city because there were no windows, it's artificial lights, it's like really, you know, heavy, just plates, bodybuilding machines and 90% or maybe 95% uh, of the people there were just huge guys. Men. Bodybuilding uh, yeah. men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bodybuilding, maybe yeah. You know, maybe even like a few sports students, but yeah. definitely just men. I think when I joined there there were maybe I don't know, maybe three women or who trained there regularly. <laughs> wow. Um to be honest, I never really cared about it, like what the other guys say or how they look at me because for me it was like okay, I'm here, I'm focused, I I'm training. Okay. Uh, so it 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 was like really uh, you know. It's me here, it's my time, mm. and I want to make the best out of it. And actually, this was also the time when I got into powerlifting. Because just yeah. when I changed to this other part of the gym, I realized kind of by accident, oh yeah, I like deadlifting, I like squatting, and I like bench press. Oh, there's actually sports. It's called power, it's called powerlifting. <laughs> and you know, I can do all the three exercises. Uh yeah, and Half a year later, I've done my first powerlifting competition. Wow! How and fun! It was like really amazing and encouraging time for me because I think when I just you know came to this new part of the gym, my uh, I, I'm not sure. Kind of, I think my deadlift was sixty kilograms. Mm-hmm. It's like I know, 132 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then for the competition, I almost doubled the weight in half a year. And it was like so encouraging just to go to the gym. It's like, well, I can put on more weight every time, every time. Yeah, You know, it also, you know, required lots of work in terms of I didn't have a coach. So I read lots of articles on the internet.
0: So you coached yourself. That's awesome. I coached myself.
1: I I recorded all the sets I've done uh, on my phone. And you tracked yeah. yeah it's like it's important if you don't have a coach and you don't yes. No, you know, if it's, what are you doing? Is it right? Do I have the right position? So I just recorded everything analyzed, yes. and analyzed it, watched videos from oh, so, the internet. Yeah.
0: I so align with that. That's really what I did as well too. I always say that I did, I coached myself because I was so curious because yes. I was willing to put in all that research. And like you said, track, video, I was always videoing myself so that I could see my form. So it's, it's important that if you're the type of person who isn't willing to work with a coach, it's important that you do those yes. things to really grow and see your
1: growth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for me, the type of person I am, I love to learn. For mm-hmm. me, learning me is yeah. more important than actually making progress. I'm sure yeah. I could have made lots of more pro- you know, progress faster if I would have had a coach. Yeah. But uh, there was also a point in my life where I was like, okay, I'm just curious to try different things out to find what works for me, yeah. and yeah. really to put work in and learn. It's okay if I progress slower. It's fine, yeah. Because you know, it's what lights you alive. I can, yeah. Exactly. I always tell
0: people you have to find the joy in everything that you do, and you are will you are willing to find that joy by really teaching yourself and taking the time to educate yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that, that's also progress. It's it's mental progress. Yeah, mental progress. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's not just about you know the weight you lift or you know whatever how much muscle you build or how much weight you lose or whatever mm-hmm. so it's really you know and also if your mindset isn't right then you really you know can't achieve lots of things in sports yeah like so- maybe, maybe, maybe you can achieve decent results but really to be great and happy with yourself uh, your mindset should be right
0: yeah, so we were chatting about this a little bit before I started pressing record for the podcast. We were talking all about mindset, and you were saying that you get into this a lot in one of your books, so you're also an author as well. So tell us a little yes. bit about that.
1: Well, the book, uh, I have several books. Lots of them are recipe books, because nice. since I stopped working in the lab, I started doing experiments in the kitchen. You're a foodie. I love it. <laughs> yes. And for me, the more challenging it is in terms of, you know, how the food looks like, how the food tastes, and what micronutrients it has, yeah. uh, you know, it's something that lights me up. For me, like, I treat my recipe developments and experiments. Cool. So You're a also, scientist in the kitchen now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All of my recipes are vegan because also I became vegan when I started lifting weights. So all my muscles are planned out, all my strengths. I've built That's incredible.
0: So let's chat. let's chat about that a bit because I know a lot of the listeners are interested in the vegan lifestyle, especially being able to build and design their bodies and still see those results with a vegan diet. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, it's not difficult at all. You should just you know, get enough protein and then uh, all the other macronutrients mm-hmm. you can modify based on your goals. Mm-hmm. If it's building muscle, losing weight, you can just vary it. Yeah. And for some kind of diets, like for me, bodybuilding preparation diet, I had to keep my protein high mm. and my carbs and fat really low, low. just yeah. uh, so that I, I, I had lots of weight to lose. I, uh, last year, I lost 32 pounds. Wow.
0: 32 pounds. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Congratulations. And
1: thank you. <laughs> and uh, that's why also my recipes reflected. So they're like really high in protein, low in carbs and fat. And um, well, I have uh, protein cakes, protein pancakes, protein bread, whatever you want. Uh, that actually fits into any diet because so. You get what kind of, what kind
0: of um, what
1: kind of protein do you use if you're baking? Oh, I use a variety of protein sources yeah. because on a vegan diet, it's important to get uh, protein. Acids, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Protein from grains and legumes mm-hmm. to get a you know more complete or like balanced amino acid profile. Mm-hmm. So, are you using so, like quinoa is a great one, right? With all of the essential quinoa and, is pretty high in carbs, so oh, I would it is, use it yeah. off season, but I wouldn't use you it, can't for do it during both. competition. Interesting, exactly. yeah. So uh, I bake a lot with pea protein powder, mm-hmm. with vital wheat gluten, with mm-hmm. lupini flour. Then there are also really great fat-reduced um, nut flours and seed flours. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you take nuts and seeds, they're high in protein, but they're also high in fat. And that's yep. the problem. Yeah. So if you squeeze out the fat, for example, for oil production, mm. then what stays... That's, is oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. High in protein, lower mm. in fat, low carb, lots of fiber. So it's really nice. It also it has great flavor. For example, almond flour. It tastes yeah. like almond. Oh, I love almond flour. Yeah. And you can just use it for baking. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's kind of about my recipes. Mm, um, I
0: want to go bake something. <laughs> <delicious>.
1: <laughs> well, I today, actually the entire morning, because I'm working on another recipe book now, yeah. which is a soy recipe book. Oh, so there- nice. Yeah. See,
0: I'm a, big, I'm a big advocate of soy. You know, there's so much stigma about soy being bad, but really when you're paying attention to the source of it and it's that high quality, it's worked very yes. well for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. So it has like lots of protein. And actually I will, I will have lots and lots of delicious soy-based uh, recipes in my book. Mm and also a research part where yeah, I right. address all the myths you hear about soy and explain where they come from and oh, why it's not it. right where I yeah, like I've you heard know,
0: so many stories especially from men that they're going to get
1: man boobs and, yeah, and totally. <laughs> that, that is actually, yes <laughs> yes yeah, this is actually one of the chapters in my book where I explain <laughs> no man yeah, boobs <laughs> so, no, well, well to be honest you know even if you look at different myths, they have to come from somewhere and yes. the, yeah. there were Trace actually two case yeah. studies in research literature mm-hmm. that reported there were just two men that got actually kind <laughs> of you know reports kind of you know you know fem, uh, kind of female characteristics yeah. but they excessively over consumed soy yeah that's the one thing so it's you know common sense you know you you know you just shouldn't uh over consume yeah, anything eat too
0: much of too of, of anything yeah. yeah
1: yeah for one of the guy he just ate soy if i got to try it from the oh research paper, goodness. so he ate just tofu soy cookies soy milk yeah. and oh stuff like that yeah. and also i think it, it has also to be a genetic factor so some for some men mm-hmm. it uh, they can react you know more susceptible to it And also the age matters because for young men, it shouldn't be any problem at all. Uh, For elderly men, the testosterone production decreases with age and then they can get more problems with it. Mm -hmm. I find it to be so
0: filling. I find it to be a very filling plant-based protein.
1: Yes, yes, it Mm -hmm. is. Often it has also lots of uh, fiber and in general... I also am an online coach, so I recommend for all of my clients to add vegetables to their meals, like yeah. fiber rich vegetables, and yeah. they keep you full for a really long time. Long time. time. Mm. Yeah, protein and vegetables. That's what keeps you full. Yeah, yeah. that's key.
0: Great. So that's yeah. so exciting to know, you know, to hear that you can experiment with a vegan diet and
1: still be building your body and seeing the results. Definitely. And the strength yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um yeah, I've built all my strengths on a vegan diet and mm. also Actually, back to my story, you know, yeah. when, I started power, uh, when I started powerlifting, I realized, okay, I'm actually, you know, getting stronger and it's so encouraging. So yeah, I it? also started researching more in it and uh, also being more active in vegan bodybuilding and nutrition community on Facebook, also admining a few Facebook groups mm. and sharing the information with people. And then I realized it's again, you know, this type of teaching that I was, you know, there were, again, lots of myths, and I looked up research uh, literature about it, and I was, like, explaining, no, it's not like this. I've done lots of posts. And then people came to me and were like, oh, you should uh, have a homepage. You should uh, write articles about it. You should do a YouTube channel. And that's, you know, I, I just followed the requests, yeah and then it, we, uh, this life just fell into your lap it's awesome yes, it's yes. so exciting to hear <laughs> and yeah then i also got asked oh could you coach me can you give me a meal plan and that's yeah. how i became a coach yeah and i was so passionate about lifting so then by the end of my phd i was actually um my best lift is bench press. So I became a British visa champion in bench press and presented Great Britain at World Championships. Wow. And it was like, yeah, something I was so happy about. And then also like afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, I love research so you know i'm i'm a scientist and uh i I will never stop being a scientist because it's part of me but i realized that i can have more impact on people's life and help them more doing what i do like just spreading the information you know because there's so much fear about also different diets and Mm -hmm. i think there's nothing worse than fear because you know at least this analysis paralysis people don't know what to eat what is good for them they 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 they're afraid throw in the towel. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. They're afraid of, you know, all kinds of weird ingredients that aren't actually weird. It's just because they read it somewhere. Mm. And, um, so I realized, okay, I, I feel like for me, it gives me more fulfillment to work like with real people and, uh, helping them than with bacteria in the lab. Yeah. So that's why I made this choice. And, yeah. um, Stopped doing like really biochemical research. Later, I started working for uh, Bayesian Bodybuilding, uh, now uh, actually Manu uh, mm-hmm. uh, company. And I was uh, running research studies for them with real humans, like mm-hmm. on protein intake and strength performance, how you know, satiating, uh, how much protein you should eat on a weight loss diet, as a lifter mm-hmm. to stay full and mm-hmm. feel good. And yeah, really exciting things like that. Mm,
0: wow, I have so many questions. the The first one that comes to mind is, you know, um, I know quite a few people who are going through this struggle right now because they've been so dedicated to their education and to you know their career in college and moving forward to higher education. So, was that a challenge for you to really understand that what made you really happy and what lit you up? was a different path than what you had been going down for so long. Was that hard for you to tell your yes. friends, your family? Was it hard for you mentally because you had put in so much time to school, but you really loved this world of fitness and nutrition?
1: Yes, yes, it was really, really hard for me. And this was also a decision I didn't you know, make overnight. I think it took me about half a year where I was like, okay, I want to do something different. And then I had this feeling like, you know, I have the feeling that I give up and was like, uh, I worked for at at least like, I don't know, 10 years, 10 years. Ah, (laughs) And I worked and for me, while I was, you know, to, to get to to a PhD, to get to a PhD in Cambridge, you have to be really good. So also during my bachelor's and master's studies, uh, sometimes I studied like 18 hours a day. So it was like, uh. And it was really, really hard degree I've done because we were 102 people who started wow. and uh, just two people graduated. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I, I graduated, I, I actually graduated like with also like um, excellent marks, like 100% and I wow. got the, I got the oh prize goodness. from the German Chemical Society for outstanding academic achievements. Wow. But Thank you.
0: It's just it's really inspiring to me because you know you were you were so willing to trust the process and listen to your intuition and follow your, your purpose here because it's, there's no question in my mind that this is your purpose to really make this impact in people's lives. So the fact that you are willing to kind of veer off your quote unquote path is
1: really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. And it was like for me, like for half a year, I was like, okay, I worked so hard to get here. I've made so many sacrifices. It's like, uh, you know, I didn't really have a, you know, normal life for 10 years. I was just studying and working Mm-hmm. And spent all of my free time in the lab or, you know, researching something. Wow. And it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not the person who gives up. And it was kind of, it was a conflict inside me. It's like, it feels like giving up and I'm not the person who gives up. Yeah. And uh, later I realized, uh, no, it's actually not giving up. It's just, you know, changing direction. It's yeah, like, yeah. I have to do what, you know, makes me happy. Even if I yeah. don't work in the lab anymore, it doesn't mean that I'm not a scientist. Yeah, you're not so, giving up by any means. You're just yeah. switching, yeah, switching directions. Wow. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, you know... Also, like the identity you have, it was kind of maybe, let's say, identity crisis was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a scientist, I'm a scientist. And then, oh, OK, uh, if I stop working in the lab, am I still a scientist? Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, again, this, like you said, know, it's a part of you. Yeah. So, you know, if it's really a part of you, oh, yeah. you know, I do experiments in the kitchen. I, you know, read research all the time. Um, I You know, it wasn't really saying that I will stop being a scientist. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. So awesome. And so inspir- been inspirational for people to hear because, you know, you don't have to stay on one path just because you think you have to, right? You got to really, you got to go with what makes you excited and what yeah. makes you want to get out of bed every morning. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, if you're excited about things you're doing, then it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You, you just want to do them because you're excited about them. Mm-hmm. So and, true. you know, that, 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 that's the thing yeah and so, yeah. yeah and so, now i'm also like you know it's like i have every few months new projects. there are new things uh you know i'm excited about yeah. you know i would before i never thought i would write a book or like books because uh i i'm not really passionate like about writing because i'm much better with numbers and calculations analyzing literature so writing is usually not something i really enjoy but you know, sometimes there's just stuff in your head and it needs to get out. Like yeah, that's when I how brought- I feel
0: right now. <laughs> I feel like there's so much stuff I want to get out of my head. So that's really inspiring for me that you are not even interested in writing because that gives me no excuses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and especially for my book, like I mentioned, I have a few recipe books, but I have also like a book that is called Food Obsession.
0: Yeah, and do that- about that, Food Obsession. So is that going to help people understand more about their macronutrients and stuff like that?
1: No, actually not. It's completely different to the, you know, usual information I provide, you know, what you should eat, how many grams of what, and so on. Uh, It mostly touches psychological factors, why people overeat. Yeah, because, you know, you can, I can give someone the super perfect diet, but we aren't robots. If the person has some, you know, underlying issues, like, you know, (laughs) emotional eating, the person won't be able to stick to the diet. We talk Um, about
0: this on the Beautifully Built podcast all the time, that sometimes you have to stop where you are, press rewind, go back, work on your mind before you're going to see the results in the gym and in the kitchen.
1: Yes, exactly. And this is what the book was about. And also the, you know, the same kind of an interesting quote I heard some time ago was that most authors write books because they struggle with something themselves. Themselves, yes. So it's kind of, you know, liberating for them to get all the stuff out of their head. And it's kind of like self-psychotherapy sometimes to write a book. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely for me because i struggled with eating for most of my life mm-hmm. which was also like emotional eating i had eating disorders for 12 years oh man and um it took me you know lots of time to understand what's going on in my head yeah. and what actually causes it and um again it was like you know probably like five year long process where i tried to improve a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. and all my experiences and all the things I found that worked for me, I summarized in the book in order to help other people. Because also, you know, I've made also like charts and different strategies, things and tools and shared them with my clients and my clients really could benefit from them. So I was like, okay, I will just write it down as a book and I really hope it will help more people. Yeah. Because, um, you know, especially like when we try to numb negative emotions with food, Mm-hmm. then you know everyone does it because yes. it's
0: easy and they think it's a gonna fix but it's really a quick fix
1: yes yes because i, I you know you, you have like this five minutes you eat a cookie or whatever and then afterwards you feel even worse
0: yeah and then you just want another cookie
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and um, so there are so so many different things and i read them in detail uh, in the book also there's one thing i mentioned it's the inner neanderthal mm. uh it's like when you're super tired and your brain switches off. Yeah. You know, and you just go and grab something to eat. Yes. For for me it was actually also a really interesting experience because I worked, you know, I, I mentioned I worked such long hours in the past when I was studying and working in the lab. I knew after midnight the only thing that could could keep me going was eating. If I was studying and eating at the same time. Oh,
0: yeah, especially when you're studying. I was when I was in college, I was always nibbling as I was yeah, studying.
1: Exactly. And the interesting thing was after I finished my PhD, I was like, okay, I don't need to study at night anymore. And then when I got tired, instead of okay, I need to go to bed now, I got like the kind of you know straight away kind of the drive to go to the kitchen and eat. Mm-hmm. So I kind of during my study time, I retrained myself. When you are tired, it means you need to eat, not you need to sleep. Because I didn't allow myself to sleep because uh, you know I needed to perform, I needed wow. to study more, and. And then once I realized it's like, oh, that's really interesting. That's really weird. Okay, I need to retrain myself. And there were like, you know, also like really small things I realized about my own behaviors, and then you know, sometimes observed other people, like my housemates. Oh, it's interesting. She does exactly the same thing as I do. You know, and, and this is the right context. Okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Or like, you know, also in work with my clients when I describe something. It's like, Oh yeah, I I, I know what you mean, you know, and this isn't this isn't a normal eating behavior
0: a lot of people are struggling
1: yeah yeah or you know for example if you want to have comfort if you are you know whatever you're tired you don't feel comfortable and then you can have some kind of associations for example when your mom gave you a cookie when you were a child you felt comfortable and then you're like oh okay i'm stressed okay we'll just go and get this cookie yeah. and then it's important just to learn to you know kind of analyze your thoughts and do the right thing because you know, as you have done it for so many times, you will still get the thoughts. You will still get, oh, I'm stressed. I will just go and get a cookie. But then you have to learn to say, okay, why do I want to have a cookie? Because I don't feel comfortable. Will it solve my problems? You know, will yes. stress disappear? No, it won't. Okay, the cookie is pointless. I'm going back to work. I'm going to do my job. And, yeah. you know.
0: You got to kind of unravel those thoughts exactly. going
1: on in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and I address, like, you know, I, the interesting thing is also about the book. I don't want to write, like, really, you know, science-based stuff as I usually do. It should be more, like, easy to read. And <laughs> I was going to say that
0: people like me wouldn't understand it. <laughs>
1: No, no, no it's like you know everyone can understand science yeah. stuff it's just about how you explain it yeah but uh the thing is uh that's why i kind of introduced also some characters into the book so the cool. one is like the neanderthal it's like when you're tired and your brain switches off then the neanderthal comes up so it's like the ancient human oh, whose task is just to, to search food <laughs> okay. i can't wait then for example dust vader who you know, it's a symbol for all kinds of negative emotions.
0: Negative, yes, yep. Uh, like, like
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, like also like depression and some pe- yeah. people tend to overeat mm-hmm. when they're depressed. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, that's what that way uh, stands for. Yeah. Then I have the binge eating monster. Mm-hmm. It's usually, you know, when you don't feel good enough, if you have low self-worth
0: mm-hmm. or
1: just unsecure and um you know that is also something that can trigger overeating
0: yes
1: and also kind of you know tips what to do against it then there's uh, disembodied lord Voldemort. (laughs) it's kind of it symbolizes the bad habits you know kind of even if we are on track, even if we do really great for some time, there is like some small part of us that is kind of, you know, the evil, the bad force that wants us to eat, you know, unhealthy food and do the lazy stuff. Yeah. So the point is, it's like the evil will never die. Yeah, like the bad be habits, there. it's always either the most important thing is not to give it power. Yes. Like, like in Harry Potter, you know, as long as Voldemort was really small, you couldn't do anything. The most important thing is just to stray and track as much as possible. You know, do the right thing every day. So that it becomes like a habit and it's easy to do the right thing. So that the bad habits don't take over. Because if you go on track for a few days or even for most people during the holiday season, mm-hmm. and then it's so difficult to get back on track.
0: Or how many people reach out and, and mention to me the weekend's. People always yeah. fall off track on the weekends, right? And the weekends are always gonna keep coming up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. And I think one of the problems for the weekends is you don't have a structure,
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: aren't yeah. busy. Yeah, I you know, agree. if you if you have a stru, you know, during the working week, you, you get up, you do your routine. If you don't have a yeah. routine for the weekend, it's like, oh, you know, I can do whatever I want. No, so you, I, you want know, to do. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this mm-hmm. this is a big problem, it's also you know, getting bored or you know, often people overeat because of boredom.
0: Yeah, totally. I know. I know that's definitely when I'm bored. The first thing I think about is, oh, what could I eat? And then it's like really having to catch that thought and rewrite it in your mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you know, also in my book I give lots of tips. It's okay, okay, you realize you are bored. What can you do? You have to write yeah, a list things. of things that mm. uh, you could do you that keep you occupied, even if it's like I will check Instagram, mm-hmm. I will message a friend, I will watch something on TV, you know, just write whatever you like to do. Yeah,
0: something something more, you know, substantial that's not gonna help that's not gonna make you feel as if you're falling off track. Cause that's yeah. you know, cause then what happens is when you do eat something that you shouldn't eat, then it's like the rest of the day is a wash and you just You know, it's like a downward cycle from there. So it's really important that you kind of stay strong and figure out different routines and habits.
1: Yeah, and you you know, also in terms of, you know, what you mentioned, if you eat something, then you feel bad for the rest of the day. Yeah. For me, also my personal development was a realization is just pick yourself up as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible,
0: not tomorrow, right
1: now. Yeah, right now. It's like, okay, maybe for whatever happened, I ate something I shouldn't. Hey, no, it, it's not like it's, it used to be, oh, the entire day is ruined. And yeah. that's also a reason why many people overeat. Oh, okay, I ate now this cookie. Now I can eat whatever I want until the rest of the day because the day is ruined.
0: Yeah, don't and punish also, yourself. Yeah, don't punish yeah. yourself with more food. Brush it off and it, just get back
1: to your plan. Exactly. And also in my book, it's, it, I mentioned this all or nothing mindset and give the example. Imagine it's like with your bank account you know mm. if you just spent money on something you shouldn't i don't know you went to the cinema or you bought you saw something and you spent lots oh. of money you actually shouldn't have what do you do do you save money until the rest of the month to pay your bills or do you just go back to the store and you know just spend all of <laughs> the money you know that's the same thing also yeah. with eating oh, okay you ate something you shouldn't okay it's fine yeah. just go back on your normal diet and uh Exactly. if possible save some calories later today yeah don't if beat yourself hungry. up right maybe
0: you do a little bit extra of a workout that means you get down and you do 50 push-ups who knows yeah find something that's more you yeah. know yeah. or
1: or just you know okay then later today you can you know have more veggies you know yeah. or whatever even if not it's okay it's, yeah. a, it's totally okay but it's not okay to say to let yourself go until the end of the day and say, "Oh, okay, now nothing matters. Now I ruined everything," exactly. because uh, it will add much more calories to your budget and will make you feel like crap.
0: Yeah. So I have a question: When you're working with your clients, uh, do you schedule their their days um, off of macros, or how do you help people figure out exactly what it is that their body needs?
1: It depends on the client.
0: Yeah, I love that answer. I love that answer because I'm so I'm so not about the cookie cutter diet plans it really depends on the person and and teaching people how to kind of intuitively eat
1: yeah it's it's um you know the intuitive eating can be also sometimes misleading Mm -hmm. I think intuitive eating doesn't work if you have some underlying emotional issues
0: okay yeah
1: you know it's like Intuitive eating works for people who are, you know, totally fine, uh, in a totally good mental place Mm -hmm. and don't have any things like, uh, you know, rewarding themselves with Mm -hmm. food or feeling bad. Also, like people, as you mentioned, people can use food to punish themselves and all all kinds of things. So that's why I like really distinguish for some people where I realize, okay, they have such a
0: structure. Yeah. They
1: need a structure and it's really, sometimes it's uh, taking out meals. If they have too many meals from their diet, sometimes kind of uh, putting additional meals in Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, you need to have a more structured eating pattern. Uh, But I have is actually with all of my clients, most of my clients Skype calls. For when we start the program and that's when I discuss everything because you know they tell and then I was like okay that's interesting can you tell me more about it and that's that's how I I figure out
0: one-on-one um because it really it really just depends on your lifestyle what you have going on your job your you know your 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 kids you're working around everything so then that way none of those
1: things can be an excuse yeah yeah and then depending also on the preferences my clients have, yeah. I can give them just macros yeah. and you know, meal suggestions, recipe suggestions, or just a meal plan or mm-hmm. guidelines to follow. Like, okay, pick one of the foods from this list and add yeah. some kind of vegetables. That's vegetarian. exactly what so, I do too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's really it, like, even though like, you know, I have kind of similar food combinations and similar recipes because, yeah. uh, Actually, often I develop also for my clients new recipes when they Mm -hmm. email me, oh, I can't get this. Or, yeah, yeah,
0: I love love taking foods that people are craving. You know, if they're craving like Italian chicken parmesan or they're craving different things, how can we still satisfy that craving but not have you putting yourself in a place where you're just like, ugh, because you're like eating things that you shouldn't be? So, yeah, exactly that getting creative. That's why
1: I, you know, all my recipes that are often co- like food I like to eat like you know I grew up in Germany yeah. so I love kind of you know all kind of bread and stuff like this yeah so it brings I, back those memories yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like okay what is satisfying for me okay I will just create a macros friendly version of it yeah. like protein bread and I can love still it. enjoy it I don't feel deprived I you yep. know it has to be a sustainable lifestyle it's even sustainable. when you diet yeah. you, you shouldn't feel like uh, you know Uh, dieting and Mm -hmm. just waiting until it's over
0: yeah you're like here we go i gotta start over again
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. so so when i work with my clients uh actually everyone i I try to find an approach for everyone that works for this person. that's great and also like tweaking if something you know it works work. one week. Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. work the next week when the life gets more stressful. Okay, yeah. you know, let's change it. And uh, I have actually online logs for all of my clients I need to fill out every day. Cool. You know, in the ideal case. Accountability, yeah. baby. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's like an Excel log on Google Drive. And then I ask questions like, you know, how was your diet? Did you stick to your diet? And, or if not, why? And then they write why. And then I can give suggestions. Say, yeah. what was the reason? Can you do this and that the next time? You know, let's okay. figure out what, what we can do. In, you know, yep. if the situation occurs again. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's amazing, you know, for all of you listening, if you've never worked with a coach before, it's just, it just teaches you how to create a more accountable, accountable person out of yourself, you know, because if you, if you don't have someone there holding that space for you, sometimes it can be really challenging to show up for yourself and working with a coach, just, it helps breed you into a more accountable person so that you don't need a coach forever, but it's going to help you get into those healthier routines and habits
1: yes yes definitely definitely Mm. yeah and you know i i see myself also as a teacher you know Mm -hmm. it's like um you know if i work with someone long enough usually it's like okay i see the person knows all all of the things so they can go on by themselves but i you know
0: that's that's when i think it's really you know it's you've really succeeded in helping someone when they don't necessarily need your guidance anymore because they've learned so much
1: yeah and um and often like it's I think it's mostly about behavior change and Totally. and yeah yeah, getting into different habits because macros you know you you can get them from any macros calculated on the internet Mm -hmm. they won't be perfect but if you want to lose weight and you are in a calorie deficit you will lose weight Mm -hmm. maybe not in the most optimal way yeah but uh, you know you should be able to see some kind of results Mm -hmm. and if you don't see results, um, there may be other things going yeah, on. Maybe that, you aren't as strict with your diet.
0: Yeah. I love that you said that behavior change, because really if you're not willing to commit and change your behaviors, it's not going to be the most lasting long, life, lifelong results. Yeah. Um, behavior change it, it, is so
1: important. It, it, it's all about sustainability. Yeah. You know, oh, for, for me, it's like, You know, the diet I have, no matter if it's, uh, you know, even on competition prep diet or even if it's uh, like a low calorie diet, by now I know how to design it, that I'm happy with it, that I, you know, I I don't really feel like, you know, dieting. Mm -hmm. And also another interesting thing is what applies to me, what applies actually to, you know, almost everyone, because people think, okay, I'm going into calorie surplus to build muscle and then I will be... (laughs) Bulking season. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But then the more you eat, the more you want to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, you increase calories. It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not satisfied. Oh, okay. I had a guy who was like, uh, I don't know, we went up, like he had a crazy metabolism. So we went up to, I don't know, 5,000 calories a day. And he was like, oh, I would like to eat more. I was like, okay, maybe, oh, you know. Oh goodness, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> enough. So, you know, yeah. it's the same where you kind of get, you know, you get used to what you do. And then for me, it's like, also the same thing with overeating it's like overeating won't make me happier i will get no. used to it and want to eat more it's if anything like, it's why, make why you to start? less happy yeah you
0: yeah. know why, why to
1: start with it so this is also something that you know made made it for me psychologically much easier to diet for example for a competition i was like okay that are my macros now uh if i want to eat more okay, I know that it will be the same thing even if I'm in a calorie surplus. I will always want to eat more. You you know, just don't stress about it that you want to eat more. If you aren't hungry, if you, you know, if you feel good Mm energy-wise, you know, don't think about, oh, you know, maybe I could eat more. Mm -hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Also, like, for the diet, I have realized it depends on your mindset, how, you know, how painful you see it. Uh, Because, Or it doesn't need to be as particularly for a weightless diet. It can be also kind of for a healthy diet or, you know,
0: that makes you feel
1: better. If you see it as something, oh, okay, this is something that helps me to reach my goals, that helps me, I don't know, to look better, to be healthier, to be whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a positive mindset. But if you focus just on, oh, but I'm not allowed to have pizza, I'm not allowed to have donuts for breakfast. Negative, negative, negative.
0: Yeah, your your thoughts become things, right? So if you're saying, oh, this diet is awful, then of course it's going to
1: feel awful. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But it's so much. Also like, you know, going to going to train and uh you know being energetic feeling good it's about mindset you know even if i wake up in the morning and i'm like i feel tired i don't feel like it it's like i tell myself straight away okay that's your choice either you will stay in this mindset and this day will feel like a torture Mm -hmm. or you will just get up and Mm uh you know get
0: yourself there
1: yeah yeah look at things more positively do the things you like for example Something that really improves my mood and makes me feel better in the morning is doing pull ups. Well, nice. Pull-ups.
0: Hey, that's a good routine. Pull ups in the morning.
1: <laughs> it's my morning ritual. Actually, that's I started, awesome. I started posting it on my Instagram story. Just I've posted it a few times. Just, oh, okay, here's my morning ritual. And then I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of boring. I'm not going to post every morning how I do pull ups. People but love that. Yeah, but then people started messaging me. Yes. Oh, did you stop doing it? It's like, yeah, this is it's a good little reminder. Do, yeah. Yeah, to do something as well. And I'm like, okay, now I will just post every morning how I do pull ups cool. because I got so many messages from people yeah. that I should keep doing it. So, well, I've done the pull ups, I just didn't post. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's like my, I have a little right. tattoo on my wrist and it says addicted to proud. I'm addicted to doing the little things to make myself really proud. So something like that, yeah. doing pull-ups yeah. and starting your morning every single morning with a few pull-ups is just such a great way to start your day feeling proud.
1: Yeah. 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 Actually, I have also tattooed. Oh, of look the same it.
0: Thing. We have matching. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We have matching tattoos. I love it. What, yeah. does yours what does yours say?
1: Fearless. Ooh, fearless. What a powerful word. Yeah. Because it was also like something anxiety was something I struggled with for, you know, lots of time and uh, kind of being anxious to do something new, being anxious, anxious to leave the comfort zone. Mm. And for me, it was just a daily reminder. Okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's totally okay. Yeah. And of course that's like
0: the underlying meaning of why I have my tattoo too. It was that daily reminder. Oh, that's so awesome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And also there's like, like, a chemical molecule around it cool (laughs) for your scientistness i love it (laughs) yeah it's it's an abstraction of of oxytocin yeah uh, which is kind of the love molecule but actually the meaning for me is is also kind of a molecule for you know trust so also to trust Mm -hmm. people to trust the process Mm -hmm. and even not being again fearless not being afraid of being hurt. Mm -hmm. just you know trusting people and um you know do also, again, not numbing, not isolating myself, mm. but being okay with it, even if there are times in life when I don't feel great. You know, if I get hurt, if uh, you know someone, you know, I trusted uh, doesn't deserve the trust. Mm. It's totally okay. You know, it, it belongs to life.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. This has been so much fun chatting with you. <laughs>
1: we could go on for <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh. Tell all of the listeners, where can they find you? Where can they connect
1: with you? So I'm the most active, you know, when it comes to social media, I'm on Instagram. It's, like, Instagram's it, the best. It's taken yeah, over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sign Strengths on Instagram. Great. Then my homepage is signstrengths.com. So you can find there all kinds of articles about nutrition, about training. Beautiful. All this, stuff I write is based on science, backed up by science. I, you know, try to write it in a more user-friendly way. Yes, you thank know? you. I appreciate that. I appreciate
0: that. Great. So I'll take those links and I'll put them right in the show notes so anyone can scroll down in the show notes and they can find those links right there.
1: I have a YouTube channel, but I wasn't too active on it in yeah. the past year, but there are a few older videos. YouTube Great. channel is Science Strengths as well. Awesome.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming all the way from Germany and sharing your heart with us. It was just so great to learn all about you and hear more about your passion. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Holy moly. I learned so much from that interview. I am so incredibly grateful of all of the amazing people really coming into my life from the Beautifully Built Podcast. So thank you so much, Anastasia. I seriously appreciate you sharing your heart with us and all of your knowledge with us. And I'm just so excited to stay connected with you. I love meeting people who are just so incredibly passionate and want to just share the knowledge with others. So thank you so much, you guys. I hope you loved this episode. If you know anyone that you would love to hear on the Beautifully Built Podcast, don't hesitate to hit me up on Instagram and send me their information. My Instagram is a underscore healthy underscore attitude. So I look forward to chatting with you and hearing who you'd like to hear on the Beautifully Built podcast. Catch you on the next episode.